This is an RNZ podcast. Gone this past lunchtime, Labour President Nigel Haworth. His departure is the latest twist in the ongoing controversy over the party's handling of allegations against a Labour staffer. The Prime Minister accepted his resignation after viewing correspondence that complainants wrote to the party several months ago. That was Lisa Owen opening RNZ's checkpoint on Wednesday with the old gone by lunchtime line, which is de rigueur now when any political figure steps down before, say, mid-afternoon. And by early evening on News Hub at 6, political editor Tova O'Brien said that the whole sorry saga had gone global and was now taking the gloss off Labour's leader. Me too must become we too, which Jacinda Ardern said during her speech at the United Nations last year. And the PM is back at the UN later this month. The story will follow her there. It's been covered by the likes of the UK's Guardian newspaper, the Washington Post, Japan Today. The Prime Minister's international reputation is souring. It was on Monday that this story burst back into the headlines when the spin-off published a dense account of a young Labour volunteer detailing a sexual assault she alleges was committed by a person the spin-off described as an influential Labour staffer. And in the PM's regular weekly interview for Morning Report on RNZ National, she told Susie Ferguson that was news to her. Uh, first I'd seen the complaints of that nature was when I read them. Which was when? Uh, when I saw them in the spin-off. But earlier that day on News Talk ZB, Mike Hosking harked back to an earlier interview with the Prime Minister on the 6th of August. How many people have quit your party as a result of this investigation into the bloke who may or may not have um, sexually assaulted some of them? I'm going to be pretty careful answering that question, Mike, because this is um, uh, uh, inquiry and work is still underway and it is um, a party matter. And Jacinda Ardern was careful answering that question. She didn't say anything that indicated that she might have been aware of any sexual assault allegations. On Wednesday morning, Mike Hosking put that to Labour's Stuart Nash. Just individually on the 6th of August, I told her that it involved sexual allegations and that was on this programme. And then she stumped up Monday in front of the nation and said that it was the first time she'd heard this week, which simply isn't true. Well, Mike, she, you know... Jacinda is only as good as the information she gets from her officials. Stuart Nash went on to tell Mike Hosking, with the greatest of respect, Jacinda Ardern would believe what her officials told her and not what he said to her on Newstalk ZB six weeks ago. But elsewhere on ZB, this was a smoking gun for drive host Heather Duplessy-Allen. This is what we want to ask her. When did she know that the allegations against a staffer in her office were of an alleged sex crime? And Heather Duplessy-Allen wound up her thought piece on Tuesday with this. It's becoming increasingly hard to believe Jacinda Ardern's version of events. And possibly this is the first time that we've had reason to question Jacinda Ardern's honesty. But there was no possibly on the ZB's website version of that. We must question the PM's honesty over Labour sexual assault allegations, read the headline on that. Her reasoning was that the allegations of a sexual nature had been aired in several news reports in recent weeks, so the first I've heard explanation on Monday from the Prime Minister wouldn't wash. And it certainly didn't for pundit and lobbyist Matthew Hooten when he appeared on the opinion slot The Huddle later in that hour on News Talk ZB. If she does not consume any other media other than the spin-off where her sort of grey Lynn point shed lovey friends operate then that would be interesting to know, but I simply don't believe it. 
Now that was an odd spray at the spin-off, given that that was the outlet which broke the story which has deepened the trouble for Jacinda Ardern and her party, and it followed up Monday's scoop with an editorial by the senior writer who wrote the story, the site's editor and the managing editor of the whole business under this stark headline. Labour has failed vulnerable young members for a second time. There must be consequences. A media outlet which was beholden to the Prime Minister or her party would have sheeted the blame home to the alleged offender, you'd think, but it didn't. Back on News Talk ZB, Matthew Hooten then had a far wider swing at the media when prompted by Heather Duplessy Allen like this. Matthew, it makes you wonder if there are some if there is are some segments of the media who don't want to believe that this is true of the Labour Party and of this Prime Minister, and it's a matter that you've raised before. Well, it's been covered well on News Talk ZB, obviously, and to a certain extent on the New Zealand Herald. I think they know it's true. I think they're covering it up. I think the left-wing daily media, which is the majority of the media, particularly in the state-owned networks, have a vested interest in the re-election of this ridiculous government. And so they have deliberately made a decision not to report this matter because they are in the pocket of the Labour Party and the Adirne cult. Now, as Heather Duplessy-Allen pointed out there, that's a concern that Matthew Hooten has raised before. On the same slot, on the same show, on the same network, as it turns out. Here's Matthew Hooten on the drive show's huddle on the 12th of August. As I said, if this was a national government and there was an alleged rapist working for John Key in John Key's office, can you imagine what the Labour opposition, what Jacinda Ardern would have said? Because this guy is red... Because he's a Labour Party person, they don't care that he's an illustrator. Last Tuesday, Matthew Hooten's fellow huddler and lobbyist-turned-pundit, Trish Sherson, also wondered whether the story had been underplayed by the media. This story has really bubbled along quietly and and hasn't really had a huge amount of attention. When you put it up against the story that was around Russell McVeigh over a year ago, Mm. which was weeks of front-page headline, Mm. that tells me something quite interesting, actually. But while she left it at interesting, Matthew Hooten picked up the ball and ran with it again like this. The media, the left-wing daily media, was quite happy to take on Russell McVeigh. I'll take your point. But they will not attack the Adern cult because they are left. We all know who this person, this alleged offender is in this room. And many, most people in Wellington do. Yeah. He is a very well-connected, highly-ranked Labour Party person. He is part of the woke, liberal, left-wing Adern cult. That is why he has been protected by Adern. That is why she is prepared to say things to the media which cannot possibly be true in order to defend him. Uh, And that is why large elements of the Wellington left-wing media in that press gallery have defended him because they have been out partying with this guy in Courtney Place. They like him. He is their friend. Matthew Hooten wound up on News Talk ZB's huddle by predicting that Nigel Harworth would go the next day, and he did. But also, he said the media would continue to cover up Jacinda Ardern's role and responsibility. But the following day, there was little sign of the parliamentary press gallery being reluctant to report the story elsewhere or actually helping Labour's leaders cover anything up. For instance, the Stuff Papers carried an editorial reminding Jacinda Ardern of these words of hers from three years ago. These conversations stop the moment there's a resignation. It's the PR quick fix. 
usher the source of the controversy away. But apologies followed by silence change nothing, and change is what we need. True words then and now, said Stuff sternly. Later, News Hub's Tova O'Brien was in the PM's face in Parliament and firing questions at the Finance Minister on the 6pm bulletin. I'm going to respect the privacy of the young people involved in this situation and I'm simply not going to go on. Did you pass Grant Robertson ever raise sexual assault allegations with you, the fact that he knew? Again, the party has maintained the same position. Those Robertson lied and would have maintained the same position. I'm comfortable with what I've done in this process. The next day, Morning Report made it clear that the party president falling on his sword didn't close the story down at all. Thursday, September the 12th, top stories this morning. The focus now on the Prime Minister as scrutiny of Labour's handling of sexual assault complaints intensifies. A resignation tends to diffuse things, but it doesn't look like there's going to be any let-up for the Prime Minister. No, it has cauterised the wound, I suppose, on the party side. And remember that the party had been the main body in the story dealing with the allegations and Nigel Harworth was the person leading those investigations. Um, it obviously became very apparent. Morning Report and other media also covered Nationals' Paula Bennett using parliamentary privilege the day before to name Labour staffers she said knew all about the sexual assault allegations long ago. And at midday, TVNZ's political editor Jessica Much Mackay was live on air with this prediction. There are still a lot of unanswered questions around all of this about who knew what and when. It's a really sensitive issue. There's going to be more developments, I'm sure, later on this afternoon and we'll keep you updated on those. And she wasn't wrong. TVNZ reported that there had been a complaint against the alleged defender to his employer, the Parliamentary Service. The man at the centre of the storm then resigned on Thursday afternoon. Meanwhile, the entire front page of the Dominion Post was filled by Stuff senior reporter Andrea Vance telling readers this about the resignation of the Labour Party president. It's political management 101. Feed the media a scalp and they will move on. And Andrea Vance also heaped responsibility for what she called the betrayed faith of young Labour members onto Jacinda Ardern. On Friday morning, RNZ's Morning Report spoke to one of the complainants and summed up the story this way. Where are we now on Friday? We end the week still with this whole thing pretty much a mess. We saw on Monday the story on the spin-off um, detailing a first-hand account of one of the alleged assaults and that really set things going politically. And on the question of who knew what and when, Radio New Zealand political editor Jane Patterson said this. I think the best way to describe what I've been told in terms of um, their, their perspective or the perspective of some of those people involved was that there had been lots of rumours, there had been lots of stories and rumours um, going around and and some of them were about this particular individual, others just sort of general talk about stuff and they are coming back to the word complaint as opposed to allegations, their language is very careful around that. And that distinction between the first-hand details of the complaint and chatter around Wellington and reports and claims in the media is clearly the key one as far as Labour's leaders are concerned. But at the same time on News Talk ZB's Mike Hosking Breakfast, pundit Matthew Hooten saw it very differently. She was asked about this by you, I think, on the 6th of August. The New Zealand Herald uh, has reported more than a month ago that these were serious allegations up to and including rape. I was on TVNZ Breakfast uh, more than a month ago with John Campbell, aligned really to the left, and, and we talked about allegations up to and including rape. Now, when I make a typo, when I get a figure wrong in a New Zealand Herald column 
uh, if I say the number of state houses, if I get that mm. number wrong, Phil Twyford's office is on the line here at News Talk ZB or at the New Zealand Herald within minutes mm. demanding a correction. You're not telling me that the Beehive didn't know absolutely what was being alleged. Earlier in the week, as we heard, Matthew Hooton was on News Talk ZB saying that our political reporters had steered clear of the story in recent weeks, partly because of bias. But on News Talk ZB on Friday morning, he was saying there had been so much about it in the media that the Prime Minister couldn't possibly have not known all about it until last Monday. What she is telling us is she does not consume any media in this country, yeah. nor does anyone in her circle. She does not watch TVNZ. She does not listen to News Talk ZB. She does not listen to you or engage mentally in the conversation she has with you. She doesn't read the New Zealand Herald. We're meant to believe that the only media she consumes is the woke Graylin liberal website, the spin-off. Now, it was the spin-off, of course, which was the outlet which broke the story back open last Monday, sparking all the who-knew-what-and-when questions and why was so little done. And with a QC now hired by Labour who'll be reporting back within weeks, those questions and the story will not go away. And the Prime Minister has clearly been hung on a hook for this by the media and not allowed to wriggle off it, as some pundits and presenters have claimed this past week.